0: Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Martin Wong Chat, where I get to talk to my friends from different industries, you know, some from gaming, some from cosplay, some from all over the world, you know, I meet lots of people in the last, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 years of my life, actually not 40 years old, but a long time, It's it's been a while, so uh, today, we have Destiny. I met uh, Destiny through a uh, mutual friend, uh, Stella Chu, when we did a cosplay shoot. It was pretty fun. And, uh, you know, I can tell there's a lot of interesting topic uh, I would love to talk to him about and pick his brain on. Uh, I don't even know how to describe him completely because, um, I don't know, he does many different things and he talks about, he he knows a lot of wide range of topics. So it might be easier to let him just um, describe himself. So I'm just going to bring him on. Hey, what's up, Destiny? Hey, what's up? Do you usually go by? I know, I know, you, your handle is Destiny, but do you go by uh, Stephen as well, or what do you prefer?
1: Uh, I mean, it really depends on the relationship um Mm -hmm. and what type of content i'm doing if somebody brings me in to talk about like gaming stuff and probably destiny um if i'm talking about like politics and stuff i think i try to go by steven it seems kind of weird to talk about serious issues and then (laughs) using like destiny as a handle so and then like in my personal life i make sure for sure that everybody calls me destiny always no my personal life everybody calls me (laughs) steven as well so yeah i don't know i I guess i probably go more by steven these days than destiny but yeah so um all of my names online have come from like when i was nine and i would just type random stuff like i think my first aol screen name no it was like an msn screen name was wing neo star 15 they were all just like words i thought sounded cool numbers and then eventually when i needed other names online i was like oh destiny sounds cool neo destiny and i just picked that and then eventually got shortened to destiny and here we are it just kind of stuck like changing your handle or name kind of sucks when you're halfway through like an online career so i didn't want to change it you know a year or two in and it just it is what it is, huh?
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh! 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 Wait! I click
1: something. Manual. There
0: we go. Cool. Oh, yeah, I have to type in manually. For some reason, it, it was disappear for a second. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway yeah So Destiny that, That's good Uh. Well do you prefer me Call you either way Doesn't matter Steven
1: um, Steve, we'll, we'll go Steven here <laughs> <That's
0: fine. laughs> uh, So how long have you been streaming though Um. A little over 10 years now I think Jesus 10 years Because yeah. I, I was wondering too Like you have Destiny As your handle on Twitch I was like mm-hmm. How do you even get that Because I'm sure a lot of kids Would want that name I was yeah. like hmm, Destiny I was like Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh but you were saying earlier that's you it doesn't really affect you. How often do you stream?
1: Um pretty often. I, I think right now my goal is I like usually try to stream from twelve PST to ten PST every day, twenty two hundred PST. So I shoot for about ten hours a day and then I t- sometimes I travel or whatever, so I take some days off and yeah. Is it mostly uh
0: what what kind of schedule is it like mostly gaming contents for the whole ten hours or like you
1: take breaks or how does it work? Um, it totally depends. My stream goes through phases. Like I'd say over the past few months, it's been mainly gaming stuff. Um, sometimes during certain political events, we'll be doing a lot of politics every day. Um, sometimes I'll be fighting with certain communities. So I'll be doing like a lot of kind of like argument (laughs) debate type stuff. So we'll be doing that for many days. Um, yeah, it just really depends on what's going on. I'd say over the past month or so, probably the past like one to three months, it's been mainly gaming related stuff. How do you pick your debate? Like, Generally, it's whoever wants to. There's a few forms of conspiracy theory that I won't entertain without a lot of prep work. If I feel like I can't put in the prep, then I won't do it. But for the most part, I'll, I'll argue with pretty much anybody. Yeah, it's a lot, yeah, it's a lot of homework uh, when it comes to debate stuff. Yeah. Uh, would you say you're more left-wing, right-wings? or? Um, I'm, I would say I'm pretty far left, for sure, I think. Mm, okay.
0: I So for me, however, like... I. I would consider myself left uh-huh. for the longest time. But with the new extreme left, it made me feel more like, huh, maybe I'm not really as... L-, like, depends on how we define left nowadays. I feel like I'm more, like, liberal, if not close to conservative now comp- with some of the new kind of idea and topics that they have.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, it's really hard to say, like, are you left or right? Because there are so many different types of definitions for that. Um, so, for instance, when I say that I'm very far left... Um, I'm very far left for like what the broad political schemes are like across Europe or especially in the United States But if I was on Twitter, I wouldn't say I'm very far left because those people are socialists and communists. They would consider me like right-wing so um, <laughs> Yeah, so it's, it's kind of hard. It, it really depends when you say you're left or right. It's a matter of perspective of who you're talking to, right? So me coming from a uh,
0: different background in different country mm-hmm. It's very strange where I feel American a lot of uh, very extreme left, like you said. Twitter will say like, "Oh, this is communist or this is socialism." But when it's like, I don't think they really have seen communism or socialism to say like something that's. I, I, for, for me, at least, America seems to be very much democracy-wise. I feel like it's pretty democratic compared to a lot of countries and world out there. Do you agree? Um,
1: uh, that's uh, that's a really broad statement. Um, so America is fairly democratic and that like we elect our leaders um compared to countries that don't so that's like true Um, if you, if you mean democratic in terms of like freedom of the press or journalistic freedom or stuff like that, um, I think America falls a a bit lower on the scale compared to a lot of other Western European countries. Um, there's some journalism rating agency that I think has America at like 40th place or something. I don't know in terms of that, um, in regards to like our freedom of speech laws, I think America is pretty free compared to most countries. It seems to be the case, at least compared to most European countries. So yeah, I mean, it really, it depends on what you look at, but I'd say relatively speaking, we're a relatively free and democratic country in the U S yeah, I'd say so. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, is it a good thing or bad thing? That we are relatively free or well, I mean, yeah. I think our journalism and our, like our whistleblower protections could be a lot better. So that's a bad thing. Um in terms of where our freedom of speech laws are. I, personally i like where they are in the united states um i'm not a huge fan of like sending people to jail for telling bad jokes or finding people for telling you know like bad jokes that I, I feel like a little bit uncomfortable with that i'm okay if companies decide they don't want to work with people to do that but making that illegal is kind of scary for me um I, I think i'm okay generally speaking with where the u.s sits right now in terms of its freedom of speech like policies like like the laws on the books at least do because uh i know canada had that
0: uh pronoun situation with the law stuff do does America have that too or are we going toward
1: that um, in a way, yeah. Although generally, it depends on where you get your information from. The, the pronoun stuff is usually really reasonable. Um, a, a lot of the ways that it's presented, when people talk about that, was it the C-16 bill or whatever in Canada, um, mm-hmm. the way that people talk about it is like, if you're on the street, you accidentally misgender somebody, like a social justice warrior cop is going to roll up and like shoot you dead on the street, and you're going to be sent to like Twitter hell or something. Um, mm-hmm. In reality, generally the way that those laws are phrased, if you look at how they're implemented in like New York and the United States, usually what it means is that you can't discriminate against like an employee or against like a tenant if you like own buildings based on mm-hmm. whether or not they're trans or like let's say you have an employee and it's a trans woman employee you can't as a boss you know be like oh get out of here you tranny or you keep like calling them oh male butch or whatever over and over again if they say like hey this is how i identify blah 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 like and i think generally i think i would consider that to be a good thing you, you don't want like building owners or employers to just bully you know, trans mm-hmm. employees or, or trans um, tenants, it's probably not a good thing. But most of the laws that I've seen don't really extend out to like, you know, like you're not going to get fined if you tweet something mean at a trans person or hateful at a trans person. or You're not going to get like locked up if you misgender someone on the street, something like that so so here's I have a question too like uh, mm-hmm. let's see, I want to see what you think about this yeah.
0: uh, let's say you know an employer let say they're mostly like sexist you know they like want to have a female secretary or something mm-hmm. we know for sure he wants to do a female secretary however they're not allowed to say oh we want to hire someone who's a female but most likely that everyone that they apply or like interviewed it that's male just gonna cut it straight out of the way but it's still you think it's still a good thing that like okay or it's still necessary how we say I mean, I guess it's necessary. It's good. But it's kind of a waste of time if they're
1: not going to consider it at all. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the legal precedent is for settling those cases. I know that proving any type of workplace discrimination is pretty rigorous. It's a pretty difficult thing to do. Um, because mm-hmm. like you said, like I might, maybe there's an employee and they're black and I just don't want any black people working. So I fire them. Mm-hmm. But I say that, well, you were late, you know, four times last month and you know, can I fire somebody for that? It's, it gets really hard, um, to figure that out, especially because like if a large company decides they want to fire you, they can make up mm-hmm. reasons to do it that are really hard to argue against. So, um, I mean, I think it's still worth having the laws on the books, um, because you don't want the egregious examples, right? Of, you know, like no blacks need apply. You don't want like stuff like that being hung up outside business. <laughs> so it's probably good to have the laws <laughs> in the books. Yeah. Or if there's like extreme stuff that gets leaked, you know, if like, um, people are in a, in a boardroom and one boss is like, we need to get rid of all the women working here. Cause we don't want any women here, blah, blah, blah. If that gets reported in mm. leaked, you should probably have some kind of punishment come down for that. So definitely. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. Are you born and raised in America? Yeah. Or are you Um, i don't know okay um what do you think about the whole coronavirus situation right now like where are we at
1: Um, internationally
0: and nationally
1: yeah it sucks um (laughs) that's a really broad question can you give me a slightly more specific uh so
0: okay so first of all um are we are we doing are we doing the I mean, we can always do better. But are you say? Do you think our country is reacting as fast as it can, starting from like let's say the last two weeks? Let's not say pre-pandemic, right? Because Uh of course, there's many stuff we can do preventively to say, okay, we do not want. uh, We we should have done more testing, or we should have done more like isolation, everything. Uh But let's say ever since we kind of take it more seriously, so I would say maybe like a a month a month Uh ago. Do you think that we're doing the best that we can, or do you think there's lots of things that
1: we could have done? better or we need to do better now i think that we're doing a really good job now um but unfortunately it's kind of like jumping out of a plane without a parachute like mm-hmm. you could take your shirt off and like use it to slow you down a little bit, you could probably flap your arms to slow yourself, but like you're, you, <laughs> you probably should have perished. You're jumping out of the plane. Like, um, so I mean, like, it seems like right now we are, we're we doing as much as we can. Like, holy Jesus, we've like locked down entire states um, where businesses are being closed. I think we have over 30 million unemployment claims right now, mm. like an unprecedented damage to the economy. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it seems like we're doing, I don't know what more we could do. If there is more we could do, I just haven't heard about it. It's possible there's more we could do, but I just haven't heard about it. Um, it seems like we are doing open on hospitals in terms of like how many beds are available. It seems like we've started to rope in a ton of private companies into producing things like ventilators or other PPE, personal protective equipment. Um, Mm -hmm. So it seems like we're pretty caught up on that. But most of the damage is kind of done like economically and health wise because we needed to... This was like a a matter of like testing, right? Like as soon as we locked travel down from China, we probably should have locked travel down from Europe too. If travel bans were the way to go, and then we probably should have been aggressively producing test kits at that point instead of sleeping on it for two months. That's so painful. We messed up so bad at that. But um, yeah, I mean, like right now, I think the direction the U.S. needs to head in is like with the quarantine up and everything, um, we need to start testing everybody. And then we need to start alerting people that are sick so that we can start tracking infections so that we can start slowly reopening things and we can know like where the pockets of infected people are and we can like quarantine people and get that down. That that seems to be the next step we need to go to. The problem with like, I feel like testing is that if even because
0: we can get it more than once, right? That's so so, so much things that we do not know about the virus. And the problem is that even Mm -hmm. if we test it, we know they're sick, then what's the best solution? If we find out they are sick, instantly
1: put them in hospital and get them in ventilator or... So right now, my understanding is that there's no evidence right now that we can get sick more than once. I think there was a preliminary report out of... It might have been out of China um, with like 70 or 80 or so people. But when they followed up on that, it was either false positives or the people didn't have it initially and got it later. So the idea that you can be, oh, it might have been Japan. um, South Korea, oh no, South Korea. Okay, sorry. Um, So the idea that you can get reinfected over and over again, so far that hasn't been demonstrated. Now, that's not to say it's not possible, but I don't think that's been demonstrated yet. I don't think it's a major concern yet. Interesting, because I'm not sure, again,
0: I, I don't have exact information about that either. In that case, I feel like we should slowly all get sick I mean, I guess I just get it so then we can get things back to normal, right? I That would be my idea.
1: Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that happens in the long term. Um, uh-huh. The only thing you have to worry about is that if too many people get sick at once, then a lot mm. of people die because you don't have enough room in your hospitals, right? So mm-hmm. in, in any given point in time, we don't have enough hospital space to treat like 100 million people, right? Mm-hmm. But if we get like 1 million get sick now, and then 1 million get sick later, and then 1 million get sick later, we can slowly, like, eventually you develop like a, a widespread immunity to um, in this case, SARS-CoV-2. But it just has to be done as a process, which is why isolating and quarantining is so important. And then reopening things slowly is important. And then getting everybody tested or as many people tested as possible to track where the infection spreads is so important as well. I feel like when, I mean, I feel
0: like we're doing a good job on having the country allow state to decide, you know, what should be open. And then next it should be county, but it should be, for me, I feel like it should be like hospital-based, like zip code. So let's say this hospital, let's say they can take care of 500 people per mm-hmm. uh, like in, in a period of time so i feel like it should be that one open and then we're making sure open it for like let's say two weeks and we can get majority of people knowing they're sick or not sick and then they can go through the next hospital that's nearby and then fight and keep going doing that way i feel like that's a best way to progressively get everyone infected so then we can be
1: back to normal mm-hmm. I think it might be like, it's possible that in a perfect world, that might be the case. I think the difficulty though, is there are so many political considerations to keep in mind, which is like an unfortunate reality of our world. So like the the problem is people are trying to measure the political efficacy uh, of some strategies while maintaining the health balance as well. So for instance, Mm -hmm. let's say that you're in a state and like the state next to you starts to reopen and your state's not opening. Mm -hmm. your people are not going to be happy right if you're in georgia (laughs) and your state is on maximum lockdown and florida starts to reopen you're like yo dude what's up like we're getting screwed we're not getting our jobs back like florida is thriving now you know blah 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 because even if florida gets a second wave of infections it's not going to show for two weeks at least right if not a little bit longer and Mm -hmm. now you're losing elections or people are like throwing you know Riots because they're getting upset that you're not, you know, reopening the state. So like people have to weigh in mind, like, okay, well, what are the political considerations? You know, Um, what are the health considerations? It's it's a really difficult problem to balance. I think. Is uh, is okay? Do you think this is going to affect our presidential election as well? Absolutely. It's probably going to. It might be like the defining, like the calling card issue on this. It might be the issue that. Is it right now? Is it more benefiting for the Democratic Party or the Republican? Honest to god, I haven't actually looked at any polling recently. Um so, What th- do you what, what's your thought on Biden as well? Um I, I'm not like the biggest Biden fan, but I, I think he's infinitely better than Trump, so I <laughs> I mean, he looks a bit old though. I mean, Trump is a bit old. They're, they're, they're oh, everybody is just. Old. They're all very old, yeah. Biden is 77, Trump is 73. Um Yeah, I mean, they're all quite old. But I mean, like, I'm not looking at the president himself. I'm thinking more like, what are his cabinet members going to be? What kind of federal judges is he going to elect or nominate? You know, what kind of Supreme Court justices is he going to nominate? So far for the polling for the presidential race, Biden is doing really well. But we haven't really gotten into the general election yet. So I don't know how much I trust that polling yet. Um, And Americans still seem to be fairly divided right now on how Trump is handling the job. It might just run down party lines. So yeah, I guess we'll see when we get a little bit closer to election time. Well, um, are, are, are we all, because
0: again, I'm not too familiar with this as well. Are we all allowing mail-in voting or are
1: they still have to, most states still have to do like in-person voting? I think they're all still, I think a lot of states are still fighting over that right now. I don't, I don't know where we're at right now on that. I, but I think, isn't that, I think that's running through a lot of the federal and local courts in a lot of different states. And we don't know 100% where we're going to be at on that. Shouldn't we be doing mail in? Do you have a problem with against like mail in voting or like doing a electronic system? Um, an electronic system, unfortunately, almost certainly can't be done. Mail in voting has huge philosophical problems with it as well, but it might be better than going to like a, an actual building and voting. Uh, and if that's not safe to do, um, okay. the big problem go, go, go through ahead. with me of both issues like why electronics not mm-hmm. workable and why is mail in? does a philosophical issue. Yeah, um, so when you're doing paper ballots, it's almost impossible to rig the vote. There are so many different moving parts involved, with everybody filling out an individual va- ballot, with individual ballot boxes being counted by multiple state party representatives, by all of these tallies being sent to different people, by every single person along the step of the way having an accurate accounting of who's voting on what, like what county voted for what and everything. It just to to rig an election that has paper ballots is just an insurmountably impossible thing to do, with an electronic. Mm system, um, depending on what gets compromised, it could become almost trivial to rig an election. Um, Large swaths of votes could theoretically be changed with a couple of different inputs to a database. And that's really scary. And I mean, if you have any experience working with any type of legacy government um, software or hardware, it's a nightmare. The security issues (laughs) are I mean, like all of our social securities in the U.S., I think over 100 million got leaked via Experian. I think China compromised every single FS86, the um, the uh, security form. If you want, like a security clearance form, I think Mm -hmm. almost, I think all of those were were breached and are now in the possessions of somebody. I don't know if it's been made public yet. Like, there's a lot of problems with that um, that make it a little bit scary to turn that over to electronic voting. So that's the problem. I think most people that that look into like elections still prefer paper ballots. Uh, SF86, yeah, um, because it's, it's just it's really hard to rig a paper ballot election. Um, the philosophical problems with mail-in voting are that um, there's two problems. One is that you're probably selecting for a certain type of voter. So younger people, there are a lot of young people today that have probably never mailed a letter in their life. They don't mm-hmm. even know where to start when it comes to even like addressing something so um now not to say that they can't learn but some percentage of younger people probably won't vote if it's mail-in so like you that's already one thing that will probably favor a certain side um also i'm sure that there are certain demographics of people that are less likely to mail things and more likely to mail things um so for instance like if you're socioeconomically disadvantaged you might not mail things as much which might overselect for like african-american or hispanic people uh, mm-hmm. you know stuff like that um, that's one problem and then the second problem we don't really think about it much, but technically your vote is supposed to be confidential. Um, and mm-hmm. the reason why is because you should never be able to buy a vote. So for instance, mm-hmm. if I offer you $50 for your vote, you have no way to prove to me if you actually followed through or not, because when you step in the ballot box, it's secret. Um, whereas mm-hmm. with mail-in voting, I could fill out a ballot, take a picture of it, send the ballot in. Um, now, theoretically, I guess you could take pictures of, of, your ballot in the voting booth, but with mail-in voting, it becomes a lot easier to buy votes if somebody wants to go that route, which is a little bit scary philosophically. But um, yeah, Th- those are like the two big issues I think with mail-in voting that I've heard brought up.
0: Well, but with uh, walking voting, the problem is that they're not a public holiday. Do you think it should be a public holiday? Because again, you you talk about socioeconomic status, you have people who have mm-hmm. to work; they have to. They can't just go there, and especially if there's a long line, or you know, it affects. You know. The actual ability to vote, and if they can't do mail voting, should
1: it be like a holiday so everybody? Is- yeah, it absolutely. I think the rest of the world is a little bit bewildered. I think it's standard in most Western European countries. I think in most countries in the world, I think it's pretty standard that your voting day is a national holiday. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's just America. We just don't do that. <laughs> I, I don't know why. <laughs> well, <laughs> other than to keep like the working class people from voting, I guess. I'm not sure. Okay. Um,
0: With that said, like, why do you think that uh, with the pandemic going on, so is this going to be affecting how we're voting? Because as you said, some states are allowing mail-in, but most of them are not yet. They're still arguing about it. Um, We are favoring
1: still older generation voting, but I feel like that might change, though. I don't think that's changing. Um, Older people are just more politically active. Um, They just are. I don't know why, but every year or every election cycle, we keep talking about getting young voters invigorated. Obama talked about it a lot. Um mm-hmm. After Obama, Hillary kind of sort of tried it. Bernie's banked on it a few times. Bernie Sanders Bernie and the Black That yeah. did not work for him at all. <laughs> yeah, he tries so hard to mobilize youth voters, and it just doesn't happen. Young people just don't vote. <laughs> just for whatever reason, it's just not there yet, and, and it's not even close to being there yet. We're more likely to see platforms pivot more towards appeasing like Hispanic voters um, as they grow in number, rather than like young voters, because young people just don't vote.
0: Yeah, that's. um. <sighs> So, okay, let's say the young the young voters, right? Let's say they not they're not not even voters, they're just young generation. Once they get older, do they become more politically active or do they just still stay the same? Is it a generation thing or is it a
1: age thing? I think it's like, just as you get older. Like I think older people have always been more politically active. I think it's just the thing. But they're just not uh but the the one that always strives for change is always the younger generation though. Well they, they the the so the problem Hmm. this is a multifaceted question. I think the biggest issue that I see is that people always aggressively want to change things but they don't realize how complicated, sometimes convoluted, the systems in place already are. They don't mm-hmm. also realize why things are the way they are too, you know? Like, very idealistic people will come in and they'll be like, why did you do this thing this way? This is so dumb. We should just change all of these things. <laughs> and then maybe you even try to a little bit. And then after a while, you're like, oh, fuck. Okay, never mind. Just it, it's, it's like it's like looking at like bad code. If you're like a programmer, I guess, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you see yeah. something and it looks kind of fucked up. And you're like, okay, hold on. This needs to be changed. Why have you guys left this shit here for so long? And then you try to, like, change a few things, and then all of a sudden, like, okay, fuck, like, this doesn't really work now, and this is fucking fucked, and I, and you fight, you're fight. you like, fuck it, okay, leave this shit as it is, fuck it, we'll just keep adding shit onto it. it, is, like, kind of how, I, I think, like, it's kind of like the mentality to it, because it's, to change any one thing, you know, related to, like, our economy or our system of government, mm-hmm. it's, like, it's so unbelievably fucking hard. And and so many things are like interdependent on so many other things that it just it makes it really hard to be super idealistic. Like, oh, I'm gonna close Guantanamo Bay. I'm gonna stop invading, um, you know, other countries, and I'm gonna do all that or whatever. And it's like, okay, well, you know, um, it's really hard. There's a lot of things to take into consideration if if you do that. Yeah. So you know me more as a photographer,
0: right? So yeah, uh, that's, that's what, <laughs> what I'm saying. Most people kind of know me as, but you know, uh, back in school, I didn't study photography at all. Like most photographer, uh, uh, just like most atheists, you know, like I am, I was born and raised Christian, but again, that made me an atheist. Same with photography. If a lot Uh of people who do photography these days, they didn't really study photography. I went to school for economics and also world trade. Um, and then I worked in the Silicon Valley. One thing, and I'll refer similar to what you have said earlier, is about how code changing and things... People want certain things. They want very results-based, but they don't really think about the other stuff uh, related to it. And one of them would be like, for example, Instagram and Twitter or Facebook, where they always say like, oh, we want a chronological order of how um, my feed is supposed to be. Uh That's what everyone say, but I don't think people actually want it. The whole idea of Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, is that they learn what you like and they show you what you like, based on what you interact, what you like actually fits, like you press like buttons or things your comments and stuff like that. Yeah. And as soon as you make it chronological, you're going to have a huge problem. Yep. One People. Yeah, yeah. People yeah. are going to be like, you're going to have people. So if it's chronological, there's going to be a problem, both on the content creation side and the uh, content consumption side, that people mm-hmm. that create content, someone like me, then I will just post every 10 minutes because it's going to be pushing to the top. You're going to see that no matter what. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to have the problem of people going to see a bunch of stuff they don't care for over and over, over again until, you know, it becomes a problem.
1: Yeah. Um, People, that's just kind of a general trend of of humanity people don't really know what they want all the time Um, it's definitely true when it comes to like game balance or game design Uh, people generally just don't know what they want Um, and but but another big problem too is that the people that you hear talking about these issues the most online are usually like the power users that want different things than what the average consumer wants Um, two really good examples of this that I can think of is one are like chronological feeds now for me I actually do want chronological feeds but that's because I only follow like 40 fucking people on all of my social media. Because if mm-hmm. I don't want to see their shit, I don't follow them. But like when I look at somebody that's following like 700 people on Instagram or like 1,000 people on Twitter and they're like, I want mm-hmm. chronology. No, you don't, motherfucker. You don't want chronological no, you don't. No, You're you going to get like 70,000 fucking tweets a day. You have no yeah, idea what I, you're going I doing did a yeah. math. Like even if you spend like five seconds on each one of them, like you uh-huh. will not
0: have each, You have to spend like literally like 10 hours a day just to look at all your feet. And that is yeah. not possible. There's Especially when no we're teaching all the content creators like you should make content every single day and Uh that's that's i mean you can already see that on twitch you know and i I wonder if that affects you too of the pandemic because everybody's at home now doing streaming and a lot of content creators who were not streaming before streaming now too then Uh you kind of because for instagram yes you can follow multiple accounts and you can like multiple posts kind of easy but twitch is not really likely you can watch multiple stream at once if not Uh only one so For most of my friends, I see that they are increasing and decreasing, like um, about the same. They lost some of the
1: viewers, but they gained some new ones as well. Is that the case for you as well? Or... Um, I, I think like, just because I stream so many hours, I, I think that my audience has stayed relatively consistent as well. Um, and because I'm only the, my biggest draw for me is political content and I haven't been doing that as much lately. So I've missed out like on the big burst of new viewers too. But like when I do political content, I tend to do pretty well. Um, but yeah, I would say that like my, my churning of my audience has been relatively consistent with where it was before. Yeah. But I know like a lot of new streamers who've come on the scene or people are doing new stuff that's getting more popularity than it has in the past. So.
0: Do you see a lot of other, uh, political streamers? Or it's kind of a topic that. No. I mean, how about this? Is Twitch even, is Twitch have also one sided one or the other? Or in the, the like if it's left
1: or right representation? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Um, I would say that like the, um, this is really hard to say. So politically, I think that because I was like, I was kind of the first large political streamer on Twitch and I'm left leaning. A lot of the Mm -hmm. political streamers that have come in after that have all been very left leaning. Um, I would say that like politics, the political streamers on Twitch are generally left leaning, but that's a very small section of Twitch. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I would say that like a large portion of Twitch is like, I would, I would classify them as like anti SJW. So, like, they get mm-hmm. really mad about, like, a lot of the crazy feminism stuff or whatever. And maybe they kind of like Trump because he just, like, tells it like it is. But they're not, like, really politically active. You're more just selecting for, like, generally straight, white, male, tend to have, like, certain political beliefs online, don't want women messing their games up. Like So it's, like, kind of like that. I wouldn't say that it's, like, heavily political, just that they mm-hmm. have, like, kind of, like, kind of, like, anti-SJW leans. But I wouldn't say it's, like, a, a platform full of Republicans or conservatives or anything like that.
0: Uh, what about, about the
1: platform itself, not the, not the content creator, but like mm-hmm. um, does Twitch itself has any bias? Worth. Um, I would say every large corporate platform these days is definitely going to be left leaning. That's definitely where the money is to be made these days. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just far; it's so much more inclusive. Um, to so many different types of people. Like you want, you want that. You you, you don't want um certain groups of people to be turned off from your platform because you want to get as many users as possible. Yeah. Especially younger generations are no matter which generation it's
0: going to be more left leaning at first when you're younger. Probably. And, yeah. Yeah. So most media, especially traditional media, is going to be right winged more, and then new, I guess. Internet media is more like left-winged ish, probably. Yeah. Um, so, um, what about? I, I know this topic been talked about a lot too, but I want to see your your view on this. Uh, mm-hmm. what about booby streamers? Like, is that? <laughs> I know that's been like uh not debated or so discussed a lot, but mm-hmm. is does it affect the platform in any way?
1: I mean, right now, I don't think it does because as much as people complain about them, it's just it's such a slim, slim, slim minority of content on the platform. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I don't think oversexualized content should be on the platform. I just don't think this is the platform for that. Um, but I mean, for whatever like different people have different thoughts on that. Um, but in the last 10 years, whatever consider overly sexualization is
0: very different, right? Like what we see on Twitter today is very different than what we would see 10 years on Facebook. Some, like something that's really tame per se now uh, is considered
1: wildly like very sexualized 10 years ago. I guess. But there's like this weird thing that happens where I'm okay with saying, like, take a girl that's doing a certain thing. I'm okay saying like, hey, um, this is sexualized, but it's okay. It's okay to sexualize things. Whereas some people try to say, well, no, this isn't sexualized at all. It's like, I don't know if I believe that in all cases. I mean, like, it super depends. Um, If you have like really huge boobs. And you know you have a lot of cleavage in like a tank top or whatever. Like I think that's okay. I don't think that's a big deal. But when you're wearing like super like low cut, high cut stuff, and you're like in your chair, and like the main focus of the camera is very clearly like the Grand Canyon in your chest, like the massive cleavage or whatever, and it's like okay, like this is sexual content. Now I'm not saying sexual content is bad. I love sexual content. Okay, I'm a large connoisseur of sexual content on the internet, and that's great. I just don't know if like Twitch is an appropriate place for that. Um, that that's my only stance on it, I guess. Yeah.
0: We have what, three major streaming platform now is mostly Twitch, Mixer,
1: and I guess, well, four, YouTube and Facebook. Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. I think, yeah, Mixer is just not, Mixer just not getting the growth they're looking for. They've made a couple of big they acquisitions. They spent so much money on it. Yeah. Um, man, I wish I had a link offhand. I think there was a total number of streaming hours, like a public report that went out. And I think like the streaming industry as a whole has almost doubled in size, I think over the past year. Um, mm-hmm. It's like been a 99% average growth between all the platforms, and Mixer grew, I think, 0.2%. Wow. Like, really bad. Yeah, they're just, they're not acquiring users. Yeah. Like, why is Twitch still,
0: I mean, tell me if it's not, but like, why is it still like the number one platform? Is it because people are so used to one platform, they're really bad at switching, or they're just, there's something that Twitch has the other
1: platform do not? Um, Econ 101, I'm going to go ahead and cite the first mover advantage. (laughs) I think that the fact that they were the first big platform, they got in there early, they got established. um, Just being big makes you bigger. If you're big, Mm -hmm. more streamers want to stream there. And if more streamers are streaming there, more users want to go watch there, and then that like perpetuates itself. So I think that like being the first mover helped. Um, there are a lot of moves that they made that were correct early on, like in building out their CDN, um, mm-hmm. their content delivery network, to make sure they had stability across like the entire world. Like Twitch did good things in the beginning, but I think that the fact that just like they're big, I think is what helped. I think that if we were to push a giant reset on everything right now, and people were to shuffle out into different platforms, I feel like YouTube would probably be king pretty easily, um, followed maybe by like Facebook or Twitch, but but. But I think YouTube would have it pretty easily, is what I feel like. Is YouTube still pushing a streaming platform, though? Um, I it depend. which way is the wind blowing today. I don't know. It really depends. So, sometimes like YouTube pushes really hard on it, and then at other times it's like they just don't care about it. I think they I, made like two really big pushes, and then they were just like, okay, fuck YouTube gaming. We're just rolling it into our normal streaming shit. Fuck it. We're done. Like I don't know. It's Because
0: yeah. I know they pushed for gaming for a little bit, and then kind of got lost. And then Facebook started spending a lot of money acquiring users and acquiring mm-hmm. like different um, content creators and then mixer came in and then mixer kind of like got ninja got a few people here and there and they kind of like lost their steam and then you got yeah. facebook still spending money and getting more people and youtube mm-hmm. I, I i don't know any personally i don't know anyone that i know is really streaming on youtube or even watching stream on youtube
1: yeah seems like uh, it right the technology yeah. on YouTube is amazing. The it VODs are automatically saved to YouTube VODs. You've got DVR, so you can go back. You can rewind and go forward and two times speed and everything in the middle of a broadcast. They let mm-hmm. you broadcast at whatever data rate you want, so you can have these beautiful 20 megabit per second streams. It's awesome. Um, the YouTube technology is really, really, really good, um, but they just don't take it seriously. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why.
0: I think the problem is that there's too many heads for a snake, meaning like there are there's people that want to do something but then google is too big for them to decide like okay no we should do this or we're gonna have meetings about it and they wait they wait they wait and then like that person's like fuck this i'm out i'm gonna go to a different company then they move to um you know like twitch or move to mixer i mean a bunch of they like mixer grab a bunch of like uh hire people from twitch over as well for them to
1: build a platform mm-hmm. but that didn't work out for them either yeah it always feels like at youtube that it's like there's some middle manager that like wants to make streaming his pet project and he does it for like mm-hmm six months and then he just pieces out <laughs> like, okay. I don't know. Um, I always thought it'd be more interesting to see like, what, what did they spend on Ninja? I think it's estimated up to like $50 million if they would have spent that money acquiring like 1000 medium sized partners instead of just <clears throat> one huge one. I wonder if that would have been more healthy for the platform. I don't know. Do you think that was a good move for, let's say it is that
0: amount. Do you think that's a good move for Ninja or it's a good move for a mixer?
1: Both. I know it's a good move for Ninja. If he was looking to retire, he, I mean. When you, if you're signing eight-figure contracts, I mean, it's probably always going to well. be a good move for a streamer. Yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, I imagine for him to move over the money, had to be right for it. Um, for Mixer, though, I mean, it doesn't seem like it's panned out well for them. I wonder how long did, it, did he sign them for? I think it's, it was two or three years. I don't know if it was publicly announced it's, or not. It's not
0: going to be too long, if anything. That
1: mm-hmm. is not long for how
0: many millions he's getting paid for. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of like uh, Companies CEO People pulling from Different companies And sexualizations Have you heard about What happened at TikTok No what happened um, I think this One the Top Disney not, I'm not sure what he was In Disney But he got, became a new COO
1: or CEO uh, Over TikTok mm-hmm. uh, But what do you think About TikTok um, That's a super Zoomer platform I'm not I'm too old I can't <laughs> I look at it Just Um, I don't know. Honest to God, like, that's just not the type of content that I engage with. But it seems like they do a really good job. Um, You know, like, I've got, like, I I have a friend, um, that, like she does TikTok, or like she mm-hmm. just watches it, and just like watching her like go through the app and the way that videos come up, and you can like and not like stuff, and then you see how like the algorithm learns what you like and it feeds you content that you like, and the, I, I don't know, it seems like it's set up in a really good way to just like get you to ingest like a ton of content. You just sit there for hours on your phone and do it. So it's easy, I mean,
0: it's easy to to view it and just keep looking at stuff and over and over yeah. and over again. But the problem mm-hmm. is that is monetization. Like it doesn't make sense for us a company because I, I know a lot of companies like oh TikTok's the new new next big thing after Instagram or whatever, and mm-hmm. then but. It doesn't make sense because uh, we have the same you know, algorithm issue. Is that your your video, those 15 seconds to a minute videos, you might get thousands of views or millions of views, but you do not know, are you going to get like 5 million views this time or are you going to get 500? Mm-hmm. It's so arbitrary. Are you it's talking not- about
1: problems for monetizing as TikTok users or as the company itself? As a com-
0: uh, Not as a company. The company is fine. The company yeah. is, is... Actually, I forgot who I was talking to you about this the other day too. But it's funny because... Normally uh, back in the days when TikTok was um, getting, starting, you know, trying to grow in America, mm-hmm. um, they would try to ask different, they would try to, well, I'm not sure they're stealing music or not, but maybe they're short enough that it's not a copyright issue or they'll try to ask different like music label to ask them for songs to use on their platforms, you know, kind of stuff. But now they have a bigger user base. It's the opposite where they charge music label to put their song on the platform. Yeah. Which is smart for them, but it's, it's just crazy how it changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then the sexualization is also an interesting part too, because I talked to them about it too as well, is that they don't really take... So if someone's under 18 and they're doing mm-hmm. something that seems to be sexualized um, mm-hmm. content, they can't really instantly... take They have to really think about if they should take it down because of sexualized content. Because if it's not 100%, like they're not showing any genitalia or anything, then they could they don't really want to say they don't want to take it down with sexualization because then they're Uh sexualizing underage kids.
1: Yeah, and that gets really hard because, I mean, for anybody that's ever been in high school, like, the way that, like, 13-, 14-, 15-year-olds dance and shit or the stuff they might wear or whatever is going to look, like, pretty sexual because, I mean, they are Mm -hmm. towards each other. But then it gets weird when you have, like, you know, if, like, 14-year-olds at a high school dance want to act, you know, like, slutty with each other, like, that's fine. But when you bring in, like, 30-, 40-, 50-year-olds that are now Mm -hmm. at the dance with them, you know, like, on Mm -hmm. TikTok, things get a lot weirder. (laughs) So it's hard to tell, like, what's appropriate. I can imagine that they have trouble. But, like, I imagine their, their dilemma is that if they start banning like okay well if you're under 18 you know you have to present yourself in a certain way well their entire like tiktok is a super zoomer platform right like it's a bunch mm-hmm. of young kids they're gonna be like well what the fuck this is bullshit like i can dress better at school than i can on tiktok this is fucked up you know so that's probably a pretty hard thing to balance i would imagine
0: mm-hmm. i mean they have the same issue on instagram as well on instagram they can't decide how to banding and not to banding mm-hmm. uh so they go by mass report uh report so if someone like mass report like a post and they instantly try to take it down, mm-hmm. um, I think it's better if they I still think taking it down is fine. And that's something that not really popular opinions amongst my friends uh, or most people I know is that if I if someone mass reports something, they should take it down ASAP. Oh, Especially like, let's say the whole Logan Paul situation, you know? He went to Oh, the Suicide Forest thing? Yeah, he went to the forest and then it took them like a few hours to take it down, and then people were upset how it took so long to, you know, take down a upsetting video, then, you know, I feel it's better if they take it down and then give people a chance to, you know, reinstate it if they wanted to. But mm-hmm. that takes such a manual
1: process. Like they need to have people yeah. to go through all of it and then they need like, and that's not and- like the, the, that's not what they want to do in tech these days. They want to automate the fuck out of everything. they don't want to yeah. have any people manually reviewing any type of content because it saves so much money. Yeah. Yeah. it's not the business model.
0: The people who are complaining are not the one who are spending money on the platform.
1: Yeah, there's usually like is,
0: outside people coming in and spam reporting and shit, yeah. And that's what I say about the whole um the whole hiding likes things on Instagram. Did they you know actually how, like, go through with that or no? I don't know. I don't I mean I haven't seen on mine. I know in some country they have tried it, but uh-huh. like on mine they still haven't hit it. But I'm not sure is it because my account, some of my friends said that they have seen it, but
1: most have not. Uh-huh. Yeah, because uh, I can still I, see likes publicly on my um yeah, like on too. other people's stuff, so yeah. Huh, weird. See I don't... So,
0: on the public side, and it could be also... That's actually how they think, is that they're like, oh, we should hide the likes because we don't want people to feel upset about seeing likes and compare themselves with others. But mm-hmm. for me, I think it's the other reason. Uh, I think it's more of a money reason. Because there's so many brands and companies spending money on influencers instead of spending money on the platform itself, like buying ads uh, mm-hmm. on Instagram. So, if they hide the likes, then the company will have a harder time to figure out which influencer is worth it you know to see how much likes they have well I mean you'd still have access to your engagement on the back end right you do but then as an as a company you would have to ask every single person but you wouldn't do that and as a as a content creator you won't be you won't be like weekly it's like this is my
1: weekly reports of how many likes I get you know Oh, oh, that's, that's interesting. I actually, from, um, it might be different for different sizes of people. Maybe like maybe larger people don't do this, but for like, for what I do, a lot of times I'll get asked that like, Oh, how many impressions did that Instagram story get? Or, you know, how many impressions did you get on YouTube with this thing? Like sometimes people will request specific data, even though I'm using like an affiliate link as well, which is kind of annoying, but yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised that like Instagram doesn't just, uh, uh, there might be a lot of legal issues, but like, why don't they work as a pseudo talent agency where you go to Instagram and you buy like a pool of of influencers and, and then you sell ads to them that way. Kind of like how talent agencies work right now, where you'd go to a talent agency and you'd say like, hey, I've got a million dollars I want to have, do an ad spend. Um, bring me, you know, like a hundred influencers and, you know, figure out how to divvy it up, yeah.
0: Because they make so much more money on their uh, ad platform themselves. Because they have all the data with that. With the, uh-huh. with the influencer kind of talent ma- uh, management, it's gonna be much more tricky because then they have to start managing actually talent. Yeah. And that's, a, that's an annoying thing to do. Yeah, it is annoying, but the payoff has to be better. Like, it has to be well. Because if if they do the ads themselves, they already have all the data. Then they say, Mm -hmm. then they know the CPM exactly. Then, uh, let's say, Johnson Johnson's like, we want to sell our new, like, head and shoulder whatever that they, they use actually that's not Johnson. John, but anyway let's say they yeah. want to sell their whatever product they sell then say alright you spend 50 bucks that's exactly
1: how many clicks and how many views you get yeah for Facebook the advertising is super powerful and there's so much information I guess my question is is really the the number we'd be curious in that is the conversion so my question is if I spend um, $5,000 mm. in ad spend and I spend that on Facebook ads and I have mm. like a, a 1% conversion or whatever you know number of clicks to sales if I would have taken that $5,000 and asked you know like Pokemon can you like pretend you're in the shower and like pour like head and shoulders on yourself as like a joke video, would that get more people to buy the product than if I would have done the ad spend on just blanket ads? I guess I don't know the answer to that question, actually. So it'd be interesting um, to, to see the answer to it, you know? I
0: feel like with at least the ad platform, you have more consistency. With influencers, it's very
1: hit or miss. Like Of course, because influencers are fucking horrible to work with, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's, it's tricky, because so you're going to have some influencers who are very responsible, and you have some that's... Some influencers it like... At all.
1: Hey guys, today we're sponsored by Johnson Johnson. Uh, click www.go to, to the link and buy their shit. Yeah. And that's like their like twenty <laughs> second plug. And, yeah. Oh, here's <laughs> the logo. Good luck, guys. Yeah. And then other people and go way way harder with it.
0: That's assuming that they remember and actually they do it. You know.
1: Oh uh, like, yeah, yeah.
0: I do, cause like before pandemic, right? Uh, half of my job is photography, and the other half is uh, actually influencer marketing stuff like that. Um, with all the stuff that's gone now, I wonder how are companies spending their money now because they're not gonna spend at event like, all the booth, like, E3, packs, all the stuff are gone. Mm-hmm. So, are they still spending their money marketing-wise on influencer? And if they are, are they doing more on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch? Like, what is, where is that money going to spend? They have to spend it somewhere.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like, um, I, yeah. Yeah, I've, I, I don't know. That'd be interesting to see how spending is changing right now. Uh, although, I'd imagine that, like, um, I'd imagine right now that, they're losing so much money in business in other places that the advertising budgets are probably being pilfered to keep other parts of the company running. That would be like, <laughs> that would be my, um, that'd be my guess, right? That there aren't companies that are floating these huge budgets and advertising like that department is untouched. I'm sure that they're like, there's a lot of money moving around behind the scenes for people that are trying to, uh, uh try, trying to keep their companies afloat, I would imagine.
0: Uh, since I also do a lot of events, marketing and management stuff as well. I wonder, mm-hmm. like, all these events that was planned or originally, uh, let's say E3, right? Mm-hmm. All this booth and company has bought booth. Do they get their money back? And do the events get the money back? Or does convention haul itself clo- uh, keep the money? Like, where does the money go?
1: Um, oh I wonder man, how does should, that debate work? I should know this. Um, for I, I know that for the all states, the right? tickets that we bought at TwitchCon and everything, I know that those got refunded. I would imagine they'd have to refund the tickets Um, for hotels and flights. I've gotten like um, my hotel. Let me rebook in Amsterdam uh, to someplace Uh within a year from now. And then I think Norwegian air. I think what's common for most flight places is they'll give you a credit to book another flight in the next year um, in terms of actual like exhibition halls, they have to refund your money. There's no way they can keep it. There's no way my, my, if I had to guess, I'm totally bullshitting right now. If mm-hmm. I had to guess, my guess is going to be that the exhibition hall probably refunds everybody and they have some type of insurance policy that reimburses them. If like active God, horrible events happen. Like if an earthquake or a natural disaster mm-hmm. destroys the building, they've got to have some sort of insurance against these kinds of events. That that would be of- my guess. I know a lot of events are still keeping the events going until
0: the state decided like, oh, you cannot run events, so therefore mm-hmm. they can not claim responsibility for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, so let's say they refund the tickets. When you buy tickets for an event, let's say TwitchCon, um, does Twitch get the money? Then they pay the convention hall?
1: Uh Well... Oh, man, there's a lot of corporate. I don't I don't know 100%. My guess would be that Twitch probably has to put down the deposit first. There's got to be like, if I want to rent out an exhibition hall, there's got to be mm-hmm. some type of deposit, if not the entire fee that I put down to rent it out in advance. Um, it might be that you just put down a deposit, and then after you've collected enough sales, you pay the, the rest. But I imagine it's a flat fee. I doubt they charge you more based on more people showing up or something. That'd be my guess. Yeah, and all and mm-hmm. of them cancel now, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, that account. thing that you were talking about, though, where companies um, where companies won't cancel it until the state cancels it so that mm-hmm. they're not held responsible, that's what was going on with a lot of airlines. Like, if you called in and you canceled your flight, even though it looked like everything was going to be canceled, I think if you called in and canceled, they were like, oh, well, fuck you. Good luck. But if you waited until your flight was ready to take off, then, like, the fucking day before, they'd email you and be like, okay, listen up. Your flight's going to be canceled. Do you want a voucher? I'm like, yeah, give me that voucher. Hell yeah. But if you cancel before, then you get fucked. Yeah. So That's what I wait. did with my Hong Kong
0: flights. I was supposed to be in Hong Kong in March. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I was I was like, I called them and say, hey, you know, it's not a travel warning yet. So, no, uh-huh. we can't give your money back. You can just either get nothing or yeah. whatever. I was like, okay, fine. I'll just sit on wait. it. Wait, Yeah. And then two weeks later, like, yeah, yeah, we can give you your money back. We can't force yeah. you. To- We're not going to go on the flights. We're not going to even have a flight anyway. So, well, exactly, I guess. yeah, Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Do you think people are having good, better time now? They're working from home. Is it going to change how work models going to be like?
1: Um, I'm talking a little bit of shit right now. I don't understand. So, well, firstly, white only white-collar people can work from home, right? If you've got like Mm -hmm. working-class work or like blue-collar work, you're kind of fucked um, because you don't get to work from home. Um, My guess would be that things won't change that much. Uh, I know that a lot of people talk about how much they like working from home, but for most. Yeah, most of the people that I talk to say that working from home is really cool initially, but that being in an office environment actually helps them be more productive. That working from home all the time isn't something that most people prefer. It might be that there are some people that are like, I'll work from home all the time, fuck everything. But there, apparently that the, there is a lot of value of like, I go to work, I'm in an office environment, I know it's my work time, I can talk to my coworkers right here. And that doing that rather than trying to set up like fucking Zoom meetings or sending emails to some guy that you could just talk to like at the end of your, um you know, whatever desk is like, it's better to just be in a work environment Rather than to work from home constantly, um, th- that's what I hear from people. That's really anecdotal, so that might not be true all the time. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess we'll find out after the um, we'll find out after everything if if working from home and whatnot changes. Yeah. How long is going to take for us to have this uh, over? Do you think? If my answer is t- anywhere from like I'm guessing like if I ha- if you put a gun on my head and tell me I'd say like this the the majority of the quarantines will probably be done within two to three months would be my guess. Two to three months that's it how come i I just can't imagine things going on like this for much longer so I feel like the problem is that a
0: lot of people were very extreme like I, I was talking about this on my stream before too like it's three mm-hmm. different things you have the uh of course people's safety health death kind of issue like People actual life and then you have the actual uh economic like reason where the country can't go into depression and that's gonna be a problem for lots of people mm-hmm. both you know making money actually surviving and then, of course lastly you have the governments have uh too much power like worry about uh you know governments once they get power they won't give it back that kind of things i worry about all three things but i feel like a lot of people are only worried about one or the others um and most two
1: Yeah, I mean like there's definitely there's a a lot of things to keep in mind and not not everything is as clear-cut as it can be as well So for instance like if you're interested in health um, you know, like we can talk about the, the health of quarantining everybody to not get sick from COVID-19, but there might be people that like maybe would go to the hospital otherwise, but now aren't who might are missing screenings for like cancers or are missing certain treatments that they otherwise would keep them healthier. Um, there's going to be a lot of unemployment after this quarantine is over and that's going to have to be dealt with. And, you know, like people going hungry and stuff or health problems, like it's all like really complicated. And then there's the political considerations to keep in mind as well, that people are definitely thinking about constantly. They don't want to lose their seats coming this ele- this, this election cycle. So yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty difficult. What about insurance,
0: does it affect our insurance? How like how it works, the structure wise?
1: Um, wait, insurance
0: for what in particular? Like I, for for um, is insurance mandatory now, or is it not mandatory anymore? For what kind of what kind of insurance? Uh, like health
1: insurance? In the United California. States, right now it's not federally. Some states have requirements on it. Like I think California has medic medic medical. I don't I think, think anymore.
0: California. I think they had it until last year. I think last year they changed it again. So you don't
1: require for you to have insurance. Are you sure for California? I thought they changed it. So I thought that when they defunded the mandate for the federal thing, I thought that California said, okay, well, for Medi-Cal, now you have to pay into this or else it's going to be a fine. That was my Yeah, they did that. They did that. And then yeah? I think they took it back. Oh, okay. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. All right. I, should well, have I think it's stupid. Like,
0: <laughs> I feel like that they fit the whole point of insurance. I thought the points, even the word insurance is that you buy something in case something go bad, then they give you some money or some help, you know, with it. If yeah. a mandatory insurance, that doesn't seem like insurance
1: anymore. That's just tax. Except. Um. Well, kind of. It. So the, yeah. the, the weird thing about insurance is that insurance doesn't work unless a ton of people buy into it that don't need it. That's the mm-hmm. problem with health insurance is that like people like me, I, like I would never fucking buy health insurance unless... Somebody's making me do it. And mm-hmm. technically, like, you need my money to make health insurance work. If health insurance was just full of diabetics, well, fuck, their insurance is going to be super expensive. They're not going to be able to afford it. There's no point in them having insurance anyway. They're already paying 1000 thousand, three thousand 3000 a month because they can't afford it, right? So you mm-hmm. need to bring in, like, more healthy payers into a system in order to make it work, which is kind of why I like the mandate is necessary. Wait, so you actually...
0: Because here's the thing, because you don't mm-hmm. need it. Let's say you're a very healthy individual. You don't think you need it, but you still think that is something that... We- would be good for the system because someone else
1: going to be sick and want, you want them to actually use your part of the money for it? Exactly, yeah. So, like, let's say, for instance, there were 10 people, and let's say that one guy's medical bills were $1,000 a month and nine other mm-hmm. people were perfectly healthy. It's probably easier for 10 different people to pay $100 a month than for nine people to pay nothing and one guy has to pay $1,000 a month who won't be able to afford it.
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, I understand, like, that's... I mean, it's the same thing as, like, uh, gambling, right? You know, mm-hmm. you can't have everybody win. You're going to have some people lose so they can pay off some people winnings kind of like kind that. of
1: yeah, yeah kind of you know because you're not guaranteed that you but, but mm-hmm. sick you will happen but it's it's a good analogy though right if you go to a casino <laughs> you can't have 10 people win and walk out and nobody's losing right somebody mm-hmm. has to lose money for there to be then winners the system wouldn't work, there would be no casino at all yeah exactly so
0: yeah. i mean i understand that like for a uh tech system right where you're texting mm-hmm. where you I, i'm okay with like we're I'm giving money to school, you know, because uh-huh. kids have to learn. I don't have any kids. I'm not in school anymore. And I, you know, but I'm, I don't want dumb people to run the country. I don't want dumb people living in the country, but is that maybe your ticket as well? Is that like, you don't want unhealthy people in the country or you want to take care of everyone
1: as well? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's like a double-edged sword. So one, um, like taxing a little bit of money for me, if I lose like, a you know, a couple thousand dollars every year or whatever. It, the, the marginal cost, the impact to me is n- nothing. I don't feel it. I don't care. Like I could lose that on a trade and not really care. But for mm-hmm. somebody else, it might be the difference between, you know, being able to afford insulin or not. And so, like, what is like a small sacrifice for me, almost an unnoticeable one for me, um, might be the difference between like life or death or, you know, diabetic neuropathy or their eyes, you know, fucking falling out of their face because they can't afford insulin and and the sugar is destroying their organs. So, like, in that case, like, I think it's okay to tax somebody like me a little bit more, make me buy insurance to to pay into it. Um, And then on a secondary case, um, like, I can pay for your medicine in two ways Um, I can either be forced to pay a tax where, you know, I pay a little bit into insurance every month and then other people withdraw from it to stay healthy, or I'm going to pay for your ass when you go to the emergency room because you're dying because you're like in diabetic shock. I'm using diabetes as an example here, but this could apply to all sorts of medical conditions. I would rather be involved in the preventative care because then, okay, well, at least you're working, you're paying taxes now, like Mm -hmm. you're like contributing to society and everything rather than, well, I'll just, you know, like pay to to bury the bodies at the morgue after all sorts of like dramatic intervention care and emergency care. That's going to be way more expensive anyway. So yeah, I think it works Better for us to just kind of like pay in to have like a healthier society, I think. So, are you for universal healthcare then? Yeah, for sure, some form of universal healthcare, I think so. Yeah,
0: because that that would be exactly what you're saying. Then mm-hmm. you have m- more easy to people have access to healthcare, so they're more less likely you're gonna be waiting till the last minute. They can get you know to check regularly and kind of stuff. Uh, I'm from Hong Kong, so we do have universal healthcare. Mm-hmm. Uh similar to we're, we're kind of like British, we're British-ish. Sure. Um. So, it
1: Chinese I guess it depends on who you ask <laughs> who yeah. wants to fight over <laughs>
0: yeah but yeah
1: uh, actually have you been following to the, the Hong Kong situation um uh, not recently since the COVID-19 stuff I it kind of fell out of the mainstream news a lot but yeah back yeah, back when the protests and everything were happening and then the points of the protesters and the weirdness of who owns Hong Kong and is it the special administrative region for another 50 years or is it going to roll back in it? yeah it was yeah a lot of interesting stuff yeah it's, it's messy over
0: there. Do you think the whole pandemic gonna affect how we do trade with China, or it's more like eh? They, people say like they don't want China, but once because it's capitalism. Capitalism cannot survive without a a very cheap labor force.
1: My so my guess is going to be that once all of the COVID nineteen stuff is over, we're gonna roll back into how things were seamlessly. That trade is gonna go back jobs are going to explode, businesses are going to boom, and people are going to be ha- happy to be back to things that are normal, and everybody's going to forget this just as easily as they forgot about the Australian wildfires, just as easily as they forgot about Iran shooting down a civilian plane over Tehran, just as easily as they forgot about, you know, every other crazy thing that goes on that we think is going to change the world that people just don't care about, and then, you know, we move on. Um, I, it's kind of dark and cynical, but, yeah, I, I I really do think that, like, people are just going to slip back into things, and we're not going to remember this very much. Um That's my guess. But I guess we'll see. I hope that things change. That'd be nice. I mean, we were supposed to have World War Three supposedly. We were supposed to have that, World War 3 like seven different times. <laughs> but that, that yeah. We have different countries yeah. too, but yeah, we have yeah. Uh, whole Korea. Uh, mm-hmm. with people no thought Korea. when Russia rolled tanks into Georgia that it was going to happen. Um, when mm-hmm. Russia was trying to annex Crimea, they thought it was going to happen. Um, with the Syrian Civil War, people thought it was going to happen. Killing Soleimani in Iraq, people thought it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, with the limpet mines that Iran supposedly planted in the sea that destroyed okay, I, I think know. it was a Japanese cruiser and a Saudi Arabian cruiser or whatever, people thought it was going to happen. When, um, oh, what were the drone strikes from Iran, I think on Saudi Arabian refineries, people thought it. They, there's been like so many crazy international things that we just roll on through, right? I, I yeah. think
0: we're too tied together right now. It's, it's going to be very difficult to start a world war again.
1: That's kind of the reason why people argue in favor of like globalism, like international trade. Like, do you really want to go to war with a trading partner? Like, do you lose so much money? It's just not worth it. That's kind of the people that make, that's for the, the big argument for things like the European mm-hmm. Union or for like giant trading blocks or whatever. Like, is the U.S. really going to go to war with China? You know, like the U.S. doesn't really want to lose China as a trading partner. China sure as hell doesn't want to lose U.S. as like, you or know, like debt. a global, yeah, a global reserve currency, a ton of debt, a capital investment, a lot of exports. Like, yeah, it's. Trading is, in some ways it's good, in some ways it's bad, but kind of keeps us all reliant on each other for now. Yeah.
0: I think it's going to wait until like an alien invasion or something, or I mean, as this pandemic is the closest thing we can get to it, where we can all like, ah, eh, let's get together, kind of figure things out first before we unite together. I mean, it's a weird thing, right? Because I, I, mm-hmm. with, let's say, alien invasion, I feel like, yes, that would kind of pull us more to form as a team. But until then, especially with capitalism, we have to be, someone has to be, be better than another in order for us to survive to be like yeah have
1: you ever um have you ever read a book called ender's game uh i haven't read it <laughs> i've seen <Okay>. the movie <laughs> oh wait okay so there wasn't a movie there was a weird action movie that they oh, made called then, ender's no. game then no i have not okay yeah there's a weird action movie they made called ender's game but it has nothing to do with the book um okay, but okay. anyway the I, I only bring up ender's game the book because we always see like an alien force uniting mankind and in the book it does but the second the very second the alien force is gone, everybody's like looking to turn on each other again to see who's going to like take over and be in charge. Um, mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like it's that way with like any sort of global pandemic that like, yeah, there's going to be some form of unity. Like, I, I don't know if you I don't, I don't know how long you've been in America, but after nine eleven, 11 as mm-hmm. long as you weren't too brown, America loved everybody. We were so nice to everybody. We were so oh, yeah. cool. We, we hated Muslims, but like everybody else, we were like super chill like never before. But that shit wears off. Um, and, and I feel like after the COVID-19 stuff, like people are going to get back to normal business too. I, I actually feel like the big like invader that's going to unify, I think mankind, um, but it's not going to matter as much. is probably going to be climate change. I feel like that's going to be some crazy shit when like certain cities start to become uninhabitable, um, because they're either too hot or they're flooded, <laughs> um, that that's going to start to like turn a lot of heads where people are like, Oh shit, like maybe we should all like take this a little bit more seriously. Um, I think that's going to be like a big, a big thing. Yeah.
0: With uh, the whole alien invasion thing, we that did happen in China with World War II. Like Japan invaded China and then the Chinese were fighting with the Taiwanese, you know, at the time, well they're not Taiwanese yet, but you know the two-party system, then mm-hmm. they kind of united. But then as soon as like World War II is over, kind of, you know, um then they start fighting again, and then Taiwan yeah. have to flee to Taiwan, the current mm-hmm. Taiwan. So yeah, it's gonna be similar to the case. Uh, with global warming
1: and you know, the whole flooding situation, is it happening in our lifetime? I have no idea. I don't even try to make those predictions. It seems like we're starting to see negative effects happening now Um, Whether or not it gets like ultra super bad in the future is hard to say I mean, it seems like we're already getting into very weird places, but who knows how bad things will get the problem is that like um, Like meteorology or, or climatology is a lot like kind of like biological organisms where like mm-hmm. it's really hard to make concrete predictions about how you'll respond to like one specific thing, you know, like in some places something will happen in the weather that makes things hotter, but something else might counteract that that cools things off like a little bit, and other like, like a uh, pandemic kill off a bunch of
0: people, you know? Yeah, maybe yes. It's, yeah. so it's really hard
1: things. to say how one. I, I, like I wouldn't trust anybody that will say like, oh, this one particular thing is going to lead to this one thing happening, um, but it could. And I know that there are some really bad things that happen right now. So for instance, I think the bleaching of the coral reefs. That's happening Mm. now, and that's Mm -hmm. like monumentally fucking disastrous right now. Um, In terms of like the rise of temperatures across the planet's surface, I don't think we've gotten into like agriculture as fucked yet, but I know that there are places that have become a lot hotter. So if you talk to people that live in like London or Seattle, Mm-hmm. Like up in Washington state, like there are places that traditionally just don't have air conditioners because it doesn't really get that hot. And now these people are inside when it's like 85, 90 degrees Fahrenheit outside, like roasting their asses off. And like, what the fuck? Why don't I have central air in my apartment? Like this is bullshit. Um, and there are places like around the world that don't usually have air conditioner that are now starting to deal with these problems. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, how about then in the case about robots? Are we also in any problem with the whole well I don't think we're gonna have a robot fighting
1: we're gonna have a terminator issue but we're gonna have a AI replacing job issue. I think we're always way farther out from general AIs than everybody seems to think we are. Like my my guess, gun to my head, is having like a good solid general AI just total bullshit. I don't have a background on this but my guess would be 15 to 20 years minimum for something like that. Um, we're very good at making like specific AIs to do specific jobs. But the idea of having like a, like a Cortana from Halo or like a Hal from uh, Space Odyssey or something mm-hmm. like that, um, I, I think we're like decades out from stuff like that. Like 15 because, yeah. years minimum, yeah. AI's AI not as good as uh,
0: adaptation than we are.
1: Yeah. As- have you ever heard of the term? Have you ever heard the difference between like general versus special AI or general versus specific mm-hmm. AI? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so like specific like programming to like beat chess like we can do that pretty well now with like mm-hmm. machine learning. Throw 50 trillion combinations of things at it, and it'll figure shit out. But in terms of like, hey, you're a general AI. Can I just throw a random problem at you and see if you can figure out how to do this? Like it can, but it needs like until the heat death of the universe to figure out some of these problems. You know, things that as humans we can just like do patterns like really quickly. And right? also, if they make any changes that like they can't predict, then like oh, we have no
0: idea what it is. You know, it could be like oh, mm-hmm. a squirrel run by. It's like it's a squirrel. We have never seen that before. I have no idea what that is. And then it suddenly, just mm-hmm. like I don't know how to do with that.
1: Yeah. 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 So, mm-hmm.
0: well, at least I think we're good right now until the whole pandemic is over and I don't know, um, life, life seemed pretty.
1: Yeah. temporary on hold. The scary thing will be once we start coming out of the pandemic, we'll be seeing who's left. Cause I know, like a lot in like the restaurant industry. I know there's a lot of businesses that are just like gone now that there's a lot of J C JCPenney just uh, declared bankruptcy. Yeah. Like um, I,
0: I feel like tra- traditional retail, just like traditional media, gonna take a big hit on this.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, what's going on with that. Yeah, to see who's who's gone, who's left, how much gets consolidated under certain companies. Like if it's easy for everybody to get like back into work, um, that'll be the scary thing. Yeah, would Zoom price drop a lot once the pandemic's over? It's possible. Go
0: short it. <laughs> Make a lot of money, maybe. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Because I know Amazon and Zoom
1: and uh, I heard OnlyFans also made a lot of money. Oh, I will never understand OnlyFans. But yeah, possibly, yeah. Um, Would... would... I might just yep. be a boomer, but OnlyFans to me looks it's so insane. I'm I'm really cautious to say this because I don't want to discourage any creators on there because there are a lot of hot girls on OnlyFans, but dude, they charge so much for so little. Like it seems like there are people, um, not that I would encourage anybody to look, but there have been like big leaks of like content or whatever, and there are yeah. girls that charge like $20, $25, $30 a month for like lewds. Like you oh, don't even are. see their boobs. And there will be like whole lit, like there'll be whole like dumps, and I'm like, dude, I can find this on your Instagram. How are people paying for this? This is so, insane. But that I mean, is,
0: that's that's a part of my face as a photographer as well too, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and and I talk about this a lot too, and it's just, it's hard to explain how to describe as well because mm-hmm. we can't really define how much something costs, you know, like well, e- of course e- we can. It's i mean you can't put, can right? put, exactly, can put a price on it and see someone who uh. pay for it but how do i say one person's l- nude is more expensive than the other person is kind of a free market because technically it's one of a it's kind of like art stuff right you can't really put a price on it then you, people just freeform it everywhere they want so i mean i i actually have to download my own uh photos before like illegally to see when my stuff get leaked because you know mm-hmm. i work with a lot of content creators and then you know i do photos and videos with them and then sometimes they get leaked and sometimes i have to do the dmca stuff so i do download my own set and say oh yeah those are my photos all right cool now i can send them a dmca and stuff like that mm-hmm. um but yeah no only fans is making so much money because of this there's so many more people are now doing that and um it's a whole again as i said before like are we doing is it because we just see it more because it's in our community in our industry or are we having more and more sexualizations? I mean, I feel like that's a topic is every generation though, right? Yeah, with for ro- sure. With rock and roll, we have, um, you know, all this stuff like, oh, we're going closer to the devils and all this stuff. Yeah. Are, are are we are we just the same type where we're at the generations like, oh, that is just too much, or is it going to get even further? Like, is it the next generation going to be like, even more and more and more and more? Is there like an end point?
1: it's really hard because so this is like a totally different topic but like it's really hard to answer that question because we don't actually have any idea on how to mark if we progress as a society um i don't know if you realize this but like when we think of progress for societies, typically the only thing we look at is technology, which is actually a really shitty way to mark whether or not a society's progressed or not. You know, like if you're looking for like mm. how advanced a society is, you're asking, well, do they have like running water? Um, you know, do they have sanitization? Uh, sanitization, right? Do they clean their water? Do they have like sanitization for their food? Do they sanitize their food? Um, you know, can they deliver? You know, social services? Like these are what we look at. We're like, oh, you know, you progressed as a society. Do they have computers and shit? But we never ask questions like, uh, like in one society, people have five close friends their entire life, but in another mm. society, people have learned how to have 30 to 40 close friends their entire life, and they're all really close with their family. Like, damn, that society seems like they've made a lot of progress in terms of interpersonal relationships, but we don't teach that. We don't measure that. We don't give a fuck about that. Like, psychologists study it, but at the end of the day, we track progress in like dollars earned in technology, and mm-hmm. I think that's Gen- been really- yeah really not even GDP like individual income right like you don't mm. want to be a loser art major you want to go to school and be a computer scientist and earn 70,000 a year not 35,000 year as an art history teacher it's like well why like um, you know or like y- you mm. mark like oh well society's so much better I've got a phone that's more powerful than like 10 space shuttles like that's so cool and it's like okay are these really making our lives better when like 25% of people are on SSRIs Um, not that SSRIs are bad but that like have depression or like is it really better with the, like all of these psych reports are coming out showing all of this negative psychological damage being caused from social media utilization? Like, are these really good things for us? Um, I, I don't know, like it's, it's insane, like how much our mental health has been damaged and how little we seem to care about it or pay attention to it in society, I think. So,
0: yeah uh, you think phone is a big problem? Like, cause technology, do you think technology, a improvement? Cause I, I feel like our technology has exponentially in like improved mm-hmm. in the last 10 years. Does that affect our mentally health, our mental health, like dramatically also exponentially
1: decrease our happiness? I think technology is a powerful tool and I think it can, it can be used for incredibly good things or incredibly negative things. Like back in the beginning, if you don't mind me asking wait, how old are you? Or, or about? Uh, that's
0: usually a trade secret, but,
1: uh, give it a guess and I'll, I'll take it. Around 30. Sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. I, I only ask cause I, or I only ask cause I'm 31. Like if you remember okay. way, way back in the day. My impression of early Facebook was early Facebook existed to make your real life friendships better. you could follow mm-hmm. friends on Facebook see what they're up to you would make like little group gatherings that you could check into to know who when to go to whose house for what party and like mm-hmm. like social media was there to make your real life relationships better. And now social media has become like a replacement for real life interaction. Um, like I've actually had to argue with people on podcasts before that like social media interactions this is not real life. You're missing like 95% of the interaction you get with a human being by just te- texting at them. It's not the same thing at all. Um, and like the way that we've used technology to replace so many like fundamentally human interactions, um, you, you can't live a psychologically healthy life not interacting with other humans. It's not what we're designed to do. Like we're not made to look at. School screens all day and never talk to another living human being you just can't do it people are going crazy um and, and i think that's something that we overlook a lot i don't think technology is bad i just think that we abuse it sometimes maybe like pornography right like i don't think porn is inherently bad but if you're masturbating you know 30 times a day and you can't get off with another woman unless you're choking her and have her fucking hanging from the ceiling with like spikes going through her fucking tissues or you're like you're like that's the only way you can do it <laughs> like maybe at some point you're going a little bit too far and you need to reel it in a little bit um, wouldn't pandemic and, do I the again. same thing to us then um in terms of like being bad on our social lives yeah yeah of course i think so yeah well but like the joke that's going around a lot is that like a lot of people's lives aren't that impacted like if you play video games a lot like you're not caring that much like oh you already get zero social interaction it's just games um you know I- obviously there are a lot of people that are impacted the majority but like for people that spend all their time online you know a lot of them joke like oh well my life's not really that changed and it's like mm-hmm. i don't know if that's a good thing man <laughs> like I'm so I'm I said it as well.
0: Like I agree. I'm an extreme extrovert. So mm-hmm. like where like I don't feel fine. Like I feel like I'm really lacking in social interactions. Before mm-hmm. pandemic, I was my plan was on average to go to an event, or conventions every other week. So wow. holy yeah, shit. A lot. It's a yeah. So you know, when you saw me last time again, that's why it's the middle of the week. Normally, mm-hmm. uh Friday to Sunday, sometimes Monday, Tuesday, I'm gone. I'm like at a different state, different city, uh maybe even just a different event. So I I don't feel fine during pandemic, but I'm okay with that. Because if I don't, if I do feel fine, I'll question about how I am normally. So I did benefit during normal times, you know, or Mm -hmm. pre-pandemic. You know, I, as an extrovert, I get to talk to people easily. I can go to parties. I can do this for hours and hours, not a problem. But since pandemic, I'm stuck at home and I am, I feel like for introverts, the same situation is in a social environment where I'm not comfortable with, except I Mm -hmm. cannot go home. For introverts, they might hate going to a party. They go to parties for hours, and then they're like, I need to go home. I I need to take a break. I need to take like two weeks break from this event. But I can't. I am stuck at home right now, and I can't go home because my home is my home. Mm -hmm. So there's no way for me to change that. So I feel like that's why we have lots of people who are also protesting. Um, Not, no, they're not feeling well, but they also like, they have to go to work. There's so many different reasons for them to do so. I don't think they want to do it same with like, anti-vax and all kinds of stuff. They're not doing it out to hurt someone, but they wanted to be protecting what they care
1: for. Yeah, probably to some extent. I mean, I, I don't imagine this is very much fun for a lot of people. It might've felt fun for like a week or two, but I imagine at this point, people are getting a little stir crazy for sure. Yeah.
0: Uh. Mm. So, sorry, I'm still keeping you. For faces to open up next, like we have restaurants like is restaurants to be the first fronts or the later fronts? Like where, where are we at and which phase do we think is like
1: oh, man. the right I, way to go for? It. I know that the U.S. government has published something on their site, but I haven't given a great deal of thought into like what ought to open first. I'm not sure. I've, yeah. I have no idea.
0: I saw a restaurant the other day where they have uh, mannequins in their, uh An article. I didn't see that restaurant itself, but they have videos online where they put mannequins in it so that look kind of normal. But mm-hmm. also keep people still six feet apart from different booths while let people know where they seats and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. yeah all right uh anyway this has been great also oh uh before i let you go where can people find you and also are you still doing your podcast or
1: like how, how does it work for you uh, people can find me at twitch.tv slash destiny i talk to all sorts of people i don't think i have a formal podcast that's going on right now um it's like tentatively in the future i went through a lot of i have the logos and everything to set up one now and i was really excited for my first guest it was like a Hospital or not it was like a doctor person from a local university in California and then everything shut down for the COVID-19 shit And I haven't found another one yet So but at the moment, I don't have like any formal podcast stuff. I just kind of talk a lot of my streaming
0: Were you gonna do that with them in person
1: or over the phone or what's the probably still like mostly digital? It's just it's easier to do things digitally because it gives me more guests that I can be open to because if I do things Mm -hmm. in person I have to fly people out and I get a studio and I'd be like a lot more
0: Yeah, I mean that's why I'm doing this. I I started this even before pandemic but mm-hmm. then now people think like, oh, you're doing this. Uh, everyone has a podcast now. Everyone, yeah. and mom has a podcast now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, oh, god dang it. Like, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's just like seem like I'm, I'm not doing this because of pandemic. It's just so I was, eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, you know, I had lots of fun. Uh, let's you no, know, let's talk more some other time. Uh, when this craziness is over. Uh, especially mm-hmm. when, um, uh, election season. More like you know actually election season um that yeah see around november yeah because i want to see how you see about those things
1: yeah mm-hmm. yeah sure all right cool thanks a lot i appreciate right. the conversation
0: all right thank you so much and uh thank you everyone for watching you can also find this on of course you know twitch.tv slash my one photo you can find this on my youtube uh more stuff also on twitter and all kind of stuff um also going to be on major podcast platform like itunes or uh, spotify mm-hmm. and thank you so much for everyone for watching and uh Following, subbing, everything. And I will see you all next time, then, guys. Yeah. Thanks a lot for the conversation, man. Awesome.